everyone. I'm Katherine Hamilton, podcast guest host and vice president for marketing and communications at NAOP. You're listening to the NAOP podcast, Inside CRE, featuring interviews with commercial real estate leaders who share industry and career insights. NAOP, the Commercial Real Estate Development Association, is the development industry's leading source for education, advocacy, and connections that drive your business forward. Inside CRE is brought to you by Avis and Young. In today's episode, I'm talking with Dave Harrison, president of Bantrust Real Estate. Dave has more than 40 years of experience in the development and commercial real estate industries. Bantrust was recently named NAOP's 2023 Developer of the Year, the association's highest honor. Presented annually since 1979, the Developer of the Year is given to one developer that best exemplifies leadership and innovation in the commercial real estate industry. Dave, it's great to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having us. Tell us a little bit about Vantrust Real Estate. Well, we're a little over 13 years old. At our original core, uh, we were a group that uh, was with a national uh, developer for 10 years prior to that. Uh, I ran the Kansas City office for that group. And as 09 uh, manifested itself, uh, we made a commitment. We were going to keep all our folks together. And we looked at a number of different options of uh, what we could look like in 2010. And through really a uh, fluke meeting with Cecil Van Tile, we formed a company called Camus, which in turn turned into Van Trust in name uh, in 2012. And uh, Cecil Van Tile was the uh, patriarch of the Van Tile Auto Group. They were the largest privately held uh, auto dealership group in the country. Going back to the 50s, he made money in the car business and collected real estate. Uh, So they had uh, phenomenal uh, business acumen in uh, in the real estate industry as well as the car business. And in 2012, we realigned the company, made it 100% owned by the Van Tile family. And Cecil's son, Larry, who also had uh, decades of experience in the, uh, in the real estate business and really built the uh, auto dealership group into what it was, became the, the owner of Van Trust. And it was at our recommendation that we structured the company is a fiduciary-based company. Super clean capital. We're big fans of simple. And this was a simple, clean way to, uh, in our opinion, be able to go out and do good real estate, have fun doing it, and doing it with people we like. That launched our company. We feel uh, blessed and fortunate to be uh, part of the Van Tile family of companies. That's an excellent origin story. And I imagine launching in the time of the Great Recession presented a whole series of challenges that maybe you were able to translate into managing times through the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about your company's strategy during the pandemic and how you applied the knowledge from your past experiences to moving forward? Sure. Um, you know, there there's all kinds of cycles in the real estate business and all kinds of influences to it. And the pandemic was a brand new one for us, as it was for almost everyone. Because we'd morphed a couple times before and we have always felt that uh, being nimble and flexible in our approach to real estate and the business is a key attribute to our organization. 
when uh, COVID really hit, we got everybody in a room, scrambled the jets, and started looking at every single one of our projects, uh, projects that were in the pipeline, projects that were held by the family. And quite honestly, uh, for a couple, two weeks, we had no clue of what we were going to do. All kinds of scenarios uh, were up on the whiteboard. We live on whiteboards more than we do uh, spreadsheets. But then something happened. The phone started ringing. And uh, where we had leaned into industrial, probably the for the three years prior to the pandemic, for maybe even the wrong reasons, I uh, I focused more on the company looking at industrial because of the gestation period of in, of industrial. Because in seventeen, I was convinced cap rates we're going to go up. Obviously, that didn't happen for a lot a lot more years. In 17, we were a third office, third industrial, and a third multifamily. By the time COVID started, we were about 80% industrial. And then after that two-week period of uh, not knowing what was going to happen, that industrial phone started ringing. And it was both for uh, immediate users as well as build the suit. Uh, we already had a pretty good pipeline of, of spec going. And really, by second quarter of uh, 2020, demand was up, as well as corresponding pressure and demand for on the capital markets to place money. So uh, 2021 and 22, because of COVID, ended up escalating our business substantially. And it sounds uh, like you had the right strategies in place to to weather that storm. Some good planning on your part, although I'm knowing at the point. Well, I I think luck's a wonderful thing. I think we uh, we we got lucky a, a little bit. It didn't come easy on the delivery side because of supply chain issues and construction cost increases during that time period. But we were dealing uh, in those COVID years of of fabricated values from a cost standpoint, from a a component standpoint, labor, all those pieces, everything was in flux. I think now as we come through uh, the period that we've seen really in the last 18 months with the capital markets and and interest rates and, uh, and the like, probably back to feeling like 17 and 18, albeit different, but, uh, it it seems like we're we've got back to a rhythm time period. Still, huge challenges from a banking standpoint and from a uh, from a capital market standpoint. But uh, I I think we're through that that COVID period. It it was just a new twist to to our industry that we hadn't seen. But there's always twists. Always twists, and the companies like VanTrust can weather those. One of the tenets of your development philosophy that stands out to me is what you call developing with a difference. I wondered if you could tell our audience a little bit about what that means and how your company uh, employs that philosophy throughout your development projects. You know, I, I think it starts with our culture. We chose to structure the company as a fiduciary-based company, a company where we build our product uh, as if the family is going to hold it for uh, for a long period of time. 
when a project is completed, then we decide, well, are we going to hold it or is there an opportunity to to sell it? So the, the one developing with a difference piece is we're developing everything to a standard that the family is going to want to hold it for a long period of time. That developing with a difference also manifests itself in our culture. We're still in baseball season right now. We're, we're coming. We in are. Back. So I'm going to use a baseball analogy. We're a small ball baseball team. We focus on consistently trying to hit consistent singles and doubles. None of our folks are showing up before the all-star game trying to see how many home runs we can hit. We have a collective success model where everybody in the organization benefits from the success of the organization. We don't compensate or judge anybody at the project level or at the city or regional level. Everything is one bucket that we put everything into and uh, allocate appropriately. So there is a difference internally of how we approach real estate. Added to that is an external component of developing with a difference because because we're not trying to hit home runs. We can factor in other attributes of doing a deal that mean a lot to us. Uh, and that is how it affects the community that we're doing business in, how it affects the dirt that we choose to develop on. I mean, whatever we touch probably is uh, going to be in place 50, 100, 150 years. So we have to be good stewards to the dirt and develop what's appropriate for that dirt, for the community, for our folks. And the benefits or profitability from doing that becomes a byproduct of doing what's right by the dirt, what's right by the community. Tell us about some of your successful projects that come to mind when you think about the history of, of Van Trust and the exemplary developments you've done across the United States. Are there a few that really stand out to you as projects the company is most proud of sharing? I would hope that all our folks are extremely proud of every project we've touched and how we've interacted with customers or clients. I will tell you, I am a uh, grandfather of three now. And congratulations. Uh, thank you. And it might be one thing to take my grandchild and show them a million square foot warehouse. They might be excited for 30 seconds. The project that I find uh, most rewarding is a project we did in Kansas City called Meadowbrook. And it was a golf course that we acquired that we did not have plans for other than we had to figure out how to redevelop it at some point. And by bringing the talents of a number of uh, really smart folks together and designers, we ended up with a mixed-use project that at its heart is a 54-room uh, inn, a uh, Airstream named after Cecil Van Tile's wife, Miss Ruby's, two restaurants, a very high-end uh, apartment project, single-family homes, twin homes, and a retirement community, all surrounded by what ended up being an 80-acre public park. And it was wow. a TIF. It was a TIF project that all proceeds 
generated by that project went to the public good and the park and the right-of-ways. And fast forward today, my grandkids want to come over and we live in, my wife and I live in the project and uh, the grandkids want to come over and play in the park. And uh, the the impact that it's had on the community is is very rewarding. Let me just put it that way. So that that's a great project for me personally. There is one other project in Kansas City that really launched the company. It was really our first project. And it was a project that uh, was a failed development and partially built building that had sat empty for three years. And uh, we somewhat inherited that project uh, in 2010. And it ultimately uh, defined us in our early years by the fact that we had to tear down a uh, partially built 10-story building and rebuild a brand new building, which became the Posinelli Law Firm's corporate headquarters. That was a uh, somewhat of a train wreck of a project that we inherited and we turned it into uh, something really special for, uh, for Posinelli and for the city. I think our, our listeners would definitely agree with me that Van Trust comes into a market and, and changes it for the better. Um, going the extra mile is kind of a win-win for both the company and the communities. But we all know that to have an outstanding company, you must be surrounded by an outstanding team. So I was hoping you could tell our listeners a little bit about the Van Trust team and your company's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion policies, and also sustainability. How you incorporate those important pillars into your company's culture and how they're exemplified through your team and throughout your projects. Well, as we look to add people to our team, we use the analogy of a rowing team. Everybody's uh, in the boat together. You can uh, look in front, behind, and across from you and see that everybody else is rowing as hard uh, as uh, we all need to to be successful as a, as a rowing team. As we add people to that team, and this comes back to the Van Tile philosophy. Their whole focus has always been people, people, people. In fact, the foundation that they have now is, is called that. Not location, location, location. People, people, people. And so what uh, Cecil Van Tile and Larry Van Tile have done throughout their careers, and, and Cecil passed away in 2012, I meant to mention that uh, before, was you find great people and then you figure out what to do with them. And so as we've continued to add great people, we have, I have two responsibilities. One to grow them and to be the best they can be at, at their discipline and as part of their uh, role in the organization to the point where they could go out and be a great competitor of ours. The second half of my job in the leadership of the company is to hopefully create an environment that they don't want to leave. So that's the, the people part of this. Now, as we look to continuing to grow the company, and we're up to 70 folks now, our people have to be representative of the communities we're in, as well as who our customers and clients are. And so there is a, a commitment that we continue to work on and grow into to have uh, our company 
be representative of the, of the communities we're in. We got to just keep pushing all these buttons every chance we get to be inclusive with the people that we put into this boat together. Uh, on the sustainability side, Sky Center is lead platinum. That was a big thing for us. We've done lead gold projects, lead silver. I'd, I'd say one thing even more important than that designation is, are we doing what our customer, client, and community wants? And, and I will add to that on the industrial side, we're doing more and more green globes uh, initiatives. If we're building buildings, like I mentioned before, that could, and this isn't the right word, but it encumbers this dirt for the next 50, 75, 100 years, whatever it is, we have to do our part to make sure that we're being good stewards, to, as I mentioned before, to that dirt and to our environment. I couldn't give you a sheet of paper that has... 20 lines on it with check marks of, okay, we're doing this in every case. Uh, what I can tell you is we have a commitment and a conviction to do what's right. We've talked a little bit about the industrial markets and how they've continued to expand throughout the pandemic and even into today. Tell us about your outlook for office and where you see that product going and how people are changing the way they use the office. Sure. We, uh, we really don't advertise much, but about this time last year, we did our first and only ad in the Wall Street Journal, and it was, we're leaning into office and you should too. And the idea is, and it's it's slowly uh, coming to clarification for a lot of companies, but nobody has really figured out completely how many folks are going to be in the office? How many days a week they're going to be? And they can, all these companies, corporate America is continuing to figure out what their go forward plan looks like. But what I do know and that I'm betting our company's success on is whatever office companies need going forward, it's going to need to be in the best location, and that might be urban or it might be suburban. It's got to be great office space that incorporates all those things that employees want to see in their workplace, especially considering a lot of them work from home for a couple of years. So what are those attributes of their workplace that they're going to want to see in that office going forward? I also think, and you look at different studies, uh, a company is only going to need 64.2% of their office space compared to pre-COVID. I don't know what that number is. But what I do know is that there is going to be less office space needed, but it's going to need to be a lot nicer to attract, retain, nurture, grow employees, grow culture, and grow profitability for the companies. The pitch I've always said to uh, to CFOs is pre-COVID, post-COVID, once you figure out how much office space you need, you might need half as much, which means you can pay twice as much for it and it's not going to affect your bottom line. I personally, for Van Trust, 
offices. I'm not focused on price per square foot. I'm focused on how much space and what it looks like that we need to accomplish uh, our objective. It isn't how much per square foot gets slid into an Excel spreadsheet to figure out where we need to locate. What do you see as the greatest area of growth for Bantrust moving forward? You know, um, we view this time in the market as a time of opportunity to grow market share. And to grow market share, that also means to find great people to uh, expand our platform. So when we look at where we are in this cycle, uh, we are looking to add folks and to add territory and discipline. Uh, we have an, I'm about to announce that uh, we have a new address in Salt Lake City for uh, congratulations that market, and we'll we'll have a Salt Lake City office that will will handle uh, Salt Lake City, uh, Boise, some of the the Northwest. We also historically have not done science and technology. Uh, we haven't done. Uh, institutional work. We've always said no thank you to it. Four months ago, we launched a business line, for lack of a better term, a uh, another office without geographic borders to pursue science, health, tech. And so uh, as, as we're looking to grow, we're growing with people, we're growing with uh, territory, and we're also growing with that new discipline. That sounds like an exciting growth plan and one that you've definitely thought through as you set forth your strategy for the company. Tell us a little bit about what keeps you up at night. Spicy food keeps me up at night. So let's mark that one off. I think all the components that make up a deal, a lot of those things are in flux right now. A lot of them are out of our control. And I'm not a real worrier. And I don't think our company is. We look for opportunities to execute and to expand the business when appropriate. The concerns uh, relative to things that give us angst, most of those are out of our control anyway. So uh, we just need to focus on executing uh, as best we, uh, we can. Uh, where we are today, three years ago, maybe we looked at 20 deals to do 10. Today, our focus is let's look at 40 to figure out which five we want to do. And uh, we continue to grow uh, the activity. Again, most of the things that we ought to be worrying about are out of our control. Tell us about some of your concerns in the short term and also in the long term. The, the short term is the health of a lot of our subsector uh, industries that are affected, that, that affect our business. You know, a lot of the banks are are challenged right now, whether it's uh, due to regulation, right? whether it's due to all the indices they're dealing with. A lot of our industry is being affected by what the Fed does, but some of that is medicine that has to be taken to get us back in, in a spot where uh, our industry and our economy is sustainable and growing. As I mentioned in the introduction, Van Trust has been named our 2023 Developer of the Year. Talk about what this honor means to you and the people of Van Trust. This 
is probably the most impactful award we and recognition we've been given as a company. You know, you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, what are the projects you're most proud of? And I, I told you, if you said, what award are you most proud of? It's got to be this one. And it's because of what this award and the organization means to the industry. And I, I, I'd go back. It's what this organization means to the industry. And you're kind of the flag bearer of, of our industry. I, I've got to say a lot of our folks have been involved in NAOP uh, over the years. NAOP has grown our people, educated our people, given us a platform to uh, to grow within the industry. This means so much to our people. And it means so much to our people for our partners. And those partners that have allowed us to get this reg uh, recognition, you know, if it weren't great architects, great civil folks, great lenders, uh, great brokers, uh, I, the, the list goes on and on of all those folks that make up our success. And uh, I have never received more attaboys from the industry on anything we've ever done than what I've received by being by having Van Trust being named uh, developer of the year. So uh, that in and of itself validates how important this is to our people. That's wonderful and certainly an honor, well-deserved based upon everything you've shared with us about the company and your priorities and the people you have on your team. It certainly is an exemplary organization and we're so proud to honor you as our 2023 Developer of the Year. As we close out, is there anything additional you'd like to share with us about the company? Something I haven't asked you or, or a nugget of wisdom you may want to impart to our listeners? Uh, I'm, I'm all out of nuggets of wisdom. But I, I will tell you this, we, we are blessed and fortunate to work for the Van Tile family, and they are a humble family. And when I called Larry to tell him we were named NAOP Developer of the Year, he was ecstatic for our people. And in that humble place where he is, I needed to make it a little more humble for him. I said, now, Larry, once you win it, you can't win it for another 10 years. So there could be nine other developers out there that could have won this award if it weren't for that 10-year period. So uh, he, he got a kick out of it. He goes, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I, I like that. That was a fun conversation. Very good. Well, thank you for your time today, Dave. It was a pleasure talking with you and learning about Van Trust. I really enjoyed our conversation. And I know our listeners will really value your thoughts and have so much to learn from the company. Well, I, I will end with one thing, a giant thank you to, uh, to NAOP and all that you all do to advance our industry. And, uh, and thank you for the award. Thank you for being such a valued member and, and all that your organization has done for commercial real estate. We look forward to celebrating you in Seattle this fall. We are excited to be there. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Inside CRE. I'm Katherine Hamilton, and it was my pleasure to guest host this episode. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and be sure to subscribe. Special thanks to our podcast sponsor, Avis & Young. That's all for this episode, and we'll talk with you again soon.